For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. Hello and welcome to Two Chunks and a Hunk. My name is Jordan Wonders and this week I am your chunk. Jordan Mater. I'm Doge and chunks are an abomination. I'm committed to their annihilation. Bars. And I'm Carter. And what is chunking on? I just chose a random quote. <laughs> was that quote, was that quote, what is going on? Yep. And somebody, hey. somebody was like, hmm, what a quote. <clears throat> I hate to be this guy, Carter. Oh, I'm a hunk. You though. did it wrong. It's maybe that's why I'm the hunk is my selflessness, you know? Yeah, just feeling undeserving true. of having it, that it just subconsciously is perhaps, never said. Perhaps the best person to become hunk is the one who doesn't want it at all. Mm. Mm. I'm, the Too hu- true. I'm the hunk for a few reasons. Uh, a lot of them have nothing to do with me. Uh, we were talking before the podcast started, and my week by far uh, was better than those of my, uh, my co-hosts here. And just That's because true. I dodged all the bullets for now, I'm kind of hunky. Yeah, who knows what Friday and Saturday are bringing for you, though. Yeah, Jordan just had some work things that were- It was just stressful. It was just stressful. doo-doo stress, and Doge uh, is changing. Yeah, I found out that my bones suck. Um, I could have told you that, just so you know. Apparently, my pelvis is bad because I have injured myself, and now I walked like a nonagenarian, which is fun, I guess. It's slow going, (laughs) for sure. But it's cool. It's a new experience for me. Doge has hip dysplasia like a purebred dog. It's not hip dysplasia, but my physical therapist did say that my glute meat is not strong enough, which is, I guess, the medical way of telling me I got to be more bodacious. <laughs> yeah, I think so. We, we were talking a little bit earlier, and I think the there's three criteria um, for for glute meat that they are sort of going to judge these things on. And the first Here comes is the just, explicit just, tag. No, no, no. It just, the first no. one just says cheeks. That's yeah. all it says. It just says cheeks. This and that's, edited. That one. Yeah, this is an edited down version. The okay, first criteria good. just says cheeks and that's a binary answer. It's either yes or no. Doge got no for the cheeks category. Um, the second category that they're checking is um, uh, how much, how much do it shake when I walk? Um, and, uh, too much actually they, and mine was, mine was over the recommended amount because again, my glute meat's not strong enough. It's, you know, it's not lean brisket. It's moist brisket. Yeah. You know how they, they make those buildings that don't fall down during earthquakes uh, for Tokyo. Cause it gets so crazy out there. Well, there's, there's too much of a good thing. And I think here that's what we get. And then the last criteria is exactly how many fries do you need with that shake? And, uh, unfortunately, uh, for Doge, it's only two fries it, and yeah, they really like that fries. to be like a higher amount of fries. 
um, for that shake. So yeah, Doge's whole whole butt situation is is just sideways here. I mean, you say that it is a little sideways. One of my legs is a little longer than the other right Man, now that because is crazy I'm so me. out of whack. And I'm what so is wild. a leg if not just an ongoing butt cheek? What are legs if not long butt cheeks? <laughs> this is this is a, a powerful observation. Hey, so like, do we call shoes butt bottoms now? Yup. Yes. But here's yes. the thing. When people ask me like what separates your podcast podcast from other podcasts, I think it is that we're not afraid to have the hard conversations um, about like what is a leg in relation to the butt cheek. And I just don't think many people are willing to go there. Well, if the butt cheek goes all the way down, does it go all the way up too? Yeah, it just wraps around. Is, oh, we're that, just is your head the top of your butt cheek? <laughs> yeah, we're really just we're really just sentient butts. Uh <clears throat> And I'm proud. I'm proud for one, for me, at least. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll never go back to the old way of thinking. Um, do you guys want to talk about a movie? Yeah. I, I, yes, but I'm still reeling, I think, from this observation. <laughs> this is, because I guess now it's not my hip that's hurt. It's the front left part of my butt. Yeah, when you when you show up to the hospital with like when your finger gets cut off in like a bandsaw accident, you got to be like, I hurt my butt. And then they'll be like, which part? And you'll be like the finger part of the butt of my butt. (laughs) (laughs) I hurt the end of the top right long part of my butt. (laughs) Oh, man. So, I mean, if you if you really want to dive deep into this metaphor, uh, our butts have teeth. Let's talk that, about the movie. I think that's where I'm out. <laughs> okay. Good. That's where it ends for me. Let's talk I about I was just movie. trying to find the end of the line with that particular That's it. That's but, we, butts have no end, but this conversation has this an end. Does. And it's this whenever does. you said butts have teeth. Yeah. I felt it. As soon as I said it, I felt <laughs> oh, it. Um, oh <laughs> hey, we are we are finishing up. We are wrapping up our blockbusted series with the fourth and final week and fourth and final movie. And it is a doozy. That movie is called Mars, Mars Needs, Needs Moms. Now, I didn't know what this was about, but I could have inferred from the title. It's a pretty um, explanatory title. But what I need is, um, I need Doge to give us a synopsis so that we're all on equal footing here. This week's synopsis is written by Claudio Carvalho from Rio de Janeiro, who I'm certain we have read synopsi from in the past. Really? Yeah. Uh, Claudio writes, On Mars, the female babies are nursed by robots, while the male babies are dumped in the junkyard under the command of supervisor. They research Earth and finds that the boy Milo is raised by his mom with love and discipline. The Martians come to Earth and abduct mom, to use her brain to instruct the robots about how to raise children. However, Milo sneaks into the spaceship and comes to Mars. He meets Gribble, a young man that behaves like a child. And together with the hippie Martian Kai and Gribble's friend Wingnut, they try to rescue Mom and bring her back to Earth. But Supervisor will give her best efforts to stop Milo and his friends. Okay, yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds like the movie. Hey, I think this is going to skew pretty negative. That is true. So could you, do you happen to have a review from somebody who loved this? Just to, just, just, just to tickle the taste buds before we set off down this trail. Did anyone love this? I guess is the right question to be asking. 
Uh, IMDb user SRB1531 sure loved it. This person titled their review, Another gem of a movie trodden on by the mediocre masses. Oof. They write, Appalled to see this movie downgraded in reviews. Bad reviews from critics who seem to look for an excuse to, to go one way or another. Even the good reviews are apologetic, with reviewers influenced by the negative current. This movie is one of those rare, perfect gems that gets lost between the folds. Of what? It is <laughs> sweeping couch. from beginning to end. Beautifully <laughs> characterized, animated, musicality, and scripted. I usually lose a bit of interest somewhere along viewing animated movies, but this film kept me alert from beginning to end, and I'd expected to doze off as I was tired. My children love the film and have watched it four times as I have with them, and I never get bored. I give it a perfect score as I cannot think of another animated movie which matches its merits in total. I only wished I'd taken my children to the big screen to see it. Watch this movie, then leave a review free without the negative collateral baggage inherited from other reviews and critics, which nowadays seem to be the norm. Two out of three people found that review helpful. Weirdly self-righteous about yeah, Mars that nowadays Mars seems to be the norm. Me so mad. Critics since existing have been known for their opinions. That's why they're critics. <laughs> I love this idea that it's like people that are too uppity, like fancy coffee, avocados, uh, they don't buy houses, they rent them, and they hate Mars Needs Moms. <laughs> did you guys see Did you guys see the tweet that was like, I've been making coffee at home for two months now, which according to economists should have made me a billionaire? Yes. Where's that money? Yes. Um, okay. When I was a kid, I remember there were certain things I watched that my parents were like, you're a kid and I'm glad you like stuff. This is so dumb. You can't watch it anymore. If I was a parent, I would say you're not allowed to watch this movie to my child yes. because this movie treats children like idiots. This movie like, treats its whole audience like idiots and it constructs right. a straw man argument that it can then knock down in the most self-righteous way. This movie made me angrier than any movie I have ever Doge, seen. Doge sent a, sent a Slack message to our group that made me feel in trouble. I didn't do anything. But it's, yeah, it's one of those it, things it, where it like one like of your friends Doge is so mad, you're me. like, oh, I need to like be really careful about what I say next. So... I think the word I would like to use is gender roles because this movie has created this weird, like, I don't know. I don't even know what it's trying to say. I really don't. I I have no idea what the point for, of the, for like, me, it, it didn't seem to come into focus until we had the supervisor at the very end say the males are useless and all they want to do is hug and party and we should throw them away. That is a straw man caricature uh, that would be constructed by somebody who is perhaps less inclined to to believe in the validity of like the women's equality movement and feminism and things like that. That's a straw man character that we construct and then knock down in the most self-righteous way. And we say moms are good because they stay at home and have disciplined children. And that is completely unpalatable for me. Right. And on top of that, this is the most heteronormative, unnecessarily gendered movie I have ever seen in my life. And it sucks. Well, like that, this is, that's what I'm saying. There are so many people that cannot see themselves in this movie and it's made for such a small, narrow group of people and it treats them like they're the norm and they're, 
they're the template that everyone else deviates from. And well, that makes me so angry. Hold on here, because I want to, I want to stay in this in this mode for a second, because we have, we have what you're talking about where the stereotype of the moms is moms are good because they live at home and keep structure while dad goes out and does things. So that yes. we, we have, we have this stereotype of, of women or even stereotype of, of, of stay at home moms as only like they, they put bandages on cuts and give discipline. And that's all they do. Like even, even for like, so the stereotype is that all women stay at home and then also that all women who stay at home only do those things. So there's that. But then on the other side, it feels like this movie was like, well, obviously we know what our women's stereotype is. They just stay at home all the time. But also we need a man stereotype, but I don't really want to hurt men's feelings. So let's just say they hug a lot. Like, yes. How is that a bad thing? Like, well, I'm I- sure, I'm sure they thought they were being progressive when they gave the male Martians a softer, more emotional, more, I don't like to use masculine and feminine energy, perhaps sun and moon energy is more appropriate, but they gave them more of a lunar type of, of softer energy where they hug and they're emotional and the women are strict in a way that is traditionally viewed as masculine, but our messaging gets so mixed up and our messaging is irresponsible and damaging in the first place. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I, I guess what I'm saying is it feels like it came from a place of like, we don't mind hurting women's feelings, but we don't want to hurt men's feelings. So we're not going to give them a hard stereotype. We're just going to yeah. throw them sort of like a nothing thing and make the Martians mad at it. You know what I mean? More um, than Suicide Squad, which devoted a lot of camera space to Harley Quinn's butt, the regular butt part, not the extended butt as we've discovered in this episode, but the regular yeah, butt yeah, part. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. More so than Suicide Squad, even. This movie is so clearly made by men. Dude, I said to Callie, why are we spending so much time on Kai's butt? Did you notice that? Yes. Yeah, that like was so Like, the camera strange. would, like, linger on this alien's butt. It was it was weird. Like, it, it, we, we have... So, yeah, let's... I say the best way to address this movie is to get the problematic stuff out of the way so we can address the art of the movie. So I want to throw in the fact that the aliens were like, there used to be families. What's a family? They've been studying earth culture for who knows how long. They don't know what a family unit is and they don't understand that those used to be on Like I don't, this movie. A family family unit is decidedly 1950s inspired in this movie where it's one mommy, one daddy, and one baby. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it, that's it, what a family is, according to this movie. And it's just, it's just I, strange. Yeah. I feel like personally, before we continue on, I think it is good to acknowledge that this scenario is especially offensive because it does seem to be the, the intended intentional narrative, right? That's yes. like that they right. were like, this was very, it in, into their opinion, thoughtfully put together. And then it ends up being in such an offensive way. And so, and that is not to say, yes, I can think of countless movies and we don't even have to leave this production company in Disney that a little less obviously show that the role of the woman or the mom is to stay home and have all these things too. Every single movie where it's like the woman only exists to be gorgeous and be saved, right? Like that is a narrative that we recognize that happens and has been. And we also not fans of that. It's just the fact that in 2011 that this movie was made makes us really mad. And so I, I, and that kind of, and maybe this is speaking from a position of privilege because I, I don't, 
I don't see movies where, where men are often sidelined as frequently as women are. But in those movies, that does not seem to be the focus. And we don't devote a lot of screen time to saying this is how it is supposed to be. And the whole right. point of this movie is to say this is how it's supposed to be. This one narrow definition of family. And I'm not saying that if you listening are a mommy, a daddy, and one baby, you are not a family because you absolutely are. But other things are families too, not just that. Yeah. Yeah. I, mommy the, and mommy. The whole daddy thing and daddy. is weird. Like, <laughs> It's yes. just like, that's what's just so strange about it, that they did this in 2011. I yes. There are times in history that I I like look back at uh, just campaigns for equality and I'm like, I can't believe how recently that was. Like that breaks my heart that this is not, like that my grandparents knew like racial inequality and that that still exists today. Like we know that, like that, that does, that that's still yeah. here. But the fact that even like in 2011, there's been plenty of... <laughs> There's been plenty of outspoken people that have said, hey, this is not the norm. This is so far from it. And then and then Disney makes a movie <laughs> where they think it's interesting to do some weird combination of role reversal and yet degrading both sides. Yeah, it's so weird. So um obviously like all of this, all of the stuff that like offends my sensibilities, our probably sensibilities is so bad. Um, and it, it, it is so bad that I decided to not even make it my super dump because it seems obvious and unfair for me to like throw my super dump on that. So I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and say that, um, in a world where two super dumps exist, this is the supreme super dump. Absolutely. I'm in um, the same place. But now that we got that kind of out of our systems and, and our, our righteous indignation has flowed freely, I'd like to talk <laughs> about, I'd like to talk about my super dump for the movie Mars Needs Moms. Do it. And it is the visual atrocity that is the human beings in this movie. That's right. That's mine too. Mom's face is the worst thing I've ever seen. It's like when she Joan screams, Cusack put on a latex mask of Joan Cusack. When she screams yes. after she discovers that she's on Mars, <laughs> I was disturbed. That is Same. awful. Did y'all watch the post credit? Did y'all watch the credits? Okay. We have, to, show- we have to talk about it. That's, that's what they spent the money on. Like the thing that that yeah. you're super dumping is why they spent $150 right. million on this. Guys, this by far has lost the most money of anything in Blockbusted. It made worldwide yeah. like $32 million. It lost $120 million just from, Unreal. you know, and we talk about, Doge talked about in our last episode that really to make the money back, you have to double the budget, right? Or to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. oof. And I remember this thing getting- Because that- that budget that that's reported is the budget of producing the movie that does not take into account the marketing budget, which is often right. equal to or slightly larger than the budget of the movie. Which so I, I, I think this had a pretty big marketing budget. I'm yeah. sure it did. It's Disney. I, I, I want to talk really quick. Um, I don't want to take up a ton of time with it, but I do want to talk about that post or that mid credits, like behind the scenes thing. So real fast, I don't remember if I've told the story on the podcast before. There's one time I was at a Texas roadhouse in Houston with my in-laws on a Tuesday night and they played like, she thinks my tractor's sexy or boot scootin' boogie or something. And all of the, I assume high school waitresses as though they were forced to at gunpoint, like dropped what they were doing and went into the aisles of this Texas roadhouse and like did a line oh, that's dance a normal together thing at Texas roadhouse. And so, well, it's good to know in this moment, 
I experienced an out of body existential crisis. Unlike any I have experienced. Like I, I talked about it in counseling. Like, I don't know what happened to me, but it was like, all I wanted to do was teleport to any place on earth. That was not that Texas roadhouse. Like I hated being there. Like <laughs> I saw myself sitting in the booth and was like, you need to leave. It was hor- I didn't taste my food after that. It was so weird. I experienced something similar watching this credit scene where all of these people were so excited about the work that they were doing in this warehouse for this movie that they were so confident in that at the end of it, they like brought everybody out and did like a Disney style song of gibberish nonsense from the Martians while people did backflips in their mocap suits. And Yo, as I turned I was, it off before that. I did not know that happened in this movie. I watched the whole thing as I was watching it. <laughs> I was like, I was like, Oh, people did this. Like other humans sat in this warehouse celebrating this. And like I folded into my belly button like a portal Guys, had opened. <laughs> we saw Andy Circus as Smeagol a decade before this movie. Right. Yep. We saw in Avatar. We saw Avatar two, Avatar years, two years before, before this. Movie. Yeah. Yep. What I think Avatar avoids the uncanny valley and these characters pole vault straight over good character design and land face first on the floor of the Can uncanny valley. It's, it's worse than Polar horrible. Express. It's worse than Much Polar worse. Express. I didn't know that was possible. Can I, my, my super pump is, go, is going to be in a very Carter block busted way. Uh, if you haven't picked up on the vibe yet for me with bad movies, a lot of the times my favorite thing about the movie can very easily the worst thing be the yeah. worst thing about a movie. The yeah. fact that Seth Green is a top build actor only to be used as the motion capture for a nine-year-old boy is... No, isn't he the voice just pitch shifted? No. No. The voice is a kid, an they, actual kid. They, Are you they, sure? 100% yes, 100%. Sure. That kid has done nothing else except for this movie and Ice Age Christmas Dude, special. they Why went back through... It had been Seth Green, and they were like, wait a minute, dude. Even with him trying to sound like a little boy, this looks weird. But here's the thing. He is doing such a good job of acting like a ninth grader or a nine-year-old. Let's keep him for that. He really is. Which, is he though? Like nobody, is that sarcasm? Because nobody's looking at that and being like, gosh, man, they, they really got the movements down for a nine-year-old boy. What? Dude, this nine-year-old is like it, the movie would have made more sense if he was at least in like late middle school or early high school and went on this weird expedition because this nine-year-old is like way too smart to be a nine-year-old. When but I, when I was nine, zombie movies on pay-per-view, dude, that's, I why, that's how he knows how to fight I monsters. Guess. But yeah, that's my super pump because it's just <laughs> Seth Green is in it. <laughs> is that Seth Green is the motion capture for Milo. What? They wanted to be Lord of the Rings so bad. They wanted it to be like, that's the Andy Circus story. They're telling it as if it's been told for the first time. Yeah. Except they yeah. kept Andy's voice and said, you know what? Let's also do your motions because you're so good at acting like a fictional character from one of the greatest fictional narratives of all time. Not a nine-year-old boy that is actually a jerk and I'm really not rooting for. Small parts of right. it. We're hoping you would have suffocated and died at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Blockbusted, the series that made Carter wish for the death of a nine-year-old. I don't think this is a nine-year-old human, though. It's some sort of flesh golem that looks somewhat human. Uh, yeah. By the way, this movie did not earn that scene at the end. No, it the didn't. The mom sacrificing herself. Way too. That was so intense, dude. I was so disturbed. Yes. 
She was also without oxygen for like two and a half minutes. She's dead. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Okay, dude. let me I mean, rephrase I can hold it. my breath for a long time. The way to fix no oxygen for two and a half minutes is not just giving oxygen. There's now multiple steps that need to be taken to prevent brain death. This is the weird thing where they're, ab- they're abducting these moms whose kids behave, but the kids behave because the moms are compassionate, or that should have been the story. The story right. should have been not mom makes me take out the trash because she's a better disciplinarian than anybody else. But mom is special because mom loves me in a way that only mom can. Right. In a way that is wholly unique to mom because mom loves me with her whole self, which is something that can be said of any parent, hopefully said of any parent. My right. parent is special because they love me with their whole self out of the core of who they are. Mm-hmm. And so that should have been why they're abducting moms is because they recognize that they, d- they have forgotten how to be compassionate. And so they are abducting moms because they're trying to learn how to be compassionate or compassion is the thing but that they need. And so they have the to introduce Wouldn't the story make art. more like sense if it was abducting just parents? Like, yes. So, okay. First of all, first of all, I, I do just want to say this is a worse the Jimmy Neutron movie. Yes. Because the Jimmy much. Neutron movie is, I wish parents weren't around. They ruin everything. Aliens abduct parents. Kids go get parents back. Except it's actually fun and it's funny yes. and it's not creepy and weird. So this is just... Way too late, the a worse version of the Jimmy Neutron movie. And yep. I want to make sure we're we're all sort of on That's the all same I was thinking page while I was watching it. Yeah. About I mean that. also so something else that I was thinking of, because it's going to happen, because it is a Disney produced movie. I'm gonna start thinking of other things Disney has done while I'm watching right. this. Uh it is not as if Disney hasn't to some extent been really dark. Like we saw Mufasa die. Like sure. Uh, yeah. Bambi, like even way early on, like Bambi's mom gets shot. Like somebody shoots right. yeah. Bambi's mom. Like that is all awful. And there's a lot of parents we never see, but there's something about a brain eating needle and <laughs> watching somebody yes. suffocate that felt like one of the darkest things Disney has ever done. At, at least in yeah. the and realm of something that's of meant for kids. Because this is, I think it's yeah. because of the animation style too. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. So it was up, just up until up until we really solidified that the Martians were pretty monstrous um, and like willing to go all the way to murder. I really expected an Act Three twist where we find out that um, Gribble's mom was actually teleported back to Earth and woke up in her bed with no memory of what happened, and he was the one stuck and separated and that she had actually been teleported home and that the Martians were just like studying the moms and sending them home. And that was the story of like abductions and how people always end up back on earth and all that stuff. And I was expecting like the blue laser juice they were shooting to really just like put him to sleep so he could wake up back. And like, I was expecting a twist to find yeah. out that the Martians were I want to hear your take on some other movies yeah. I didn't like. Well, I was, I was expecting that how they would the have been whole better. time, like Gribble's mom disappearing and him being stuck. I, I would have laughed actually pretty hard at a scene where 33 year old Gribble is reunited with his mom on earth, like because she's been there the whole time and he had no way of knowing. Um, I was expecting that until they just didn't do it. And I think once that didn't happen, I was like, Oh, these Martians are just evil and literally stealing mom energy for rope. Like the whole thing fell apart. Once I realized there was no grander plan for this movie than exactly what it bills itself as. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a dream, like a bad dream that he had that because he was mean to his mom, he dreamed Martians abducted her and killed her before he could apologize. I wrote that essay in uh, elementary school and got in trouble for it because you can't end <laughs> every story with that. So, 
the writers of Twilight also wrote that story <laughs> and we, they got in trouble with us for it. That's true. That's true. We really took them to task. We did. They, they've Take had a work in this town since. So yeah, I, there's just, there's just so much wrong here. That I think, in my opinion, the only way to set it right is to take a quick break while we scoot on over. Yeah, I, I genuinely think I need a break. This is making me so mad. <laughs> to some shout announcements. Baby, lock them doors and turn shout announcements on. <laughs> Why? Why is the part that? of the show where we give announcements on? on? That's it. We do shout outs and announcements here. It's us from the show earlier. I tricked you. You thought it was Josh Turner, but it's not. It's us. Hey, <laughs> listen. If what you're into is the exact sort of flavor that we're bringing to this situation, if you like this this crazy, zany mix of irreverent comedy fueled by hatred and anger for this movie. I was about to say, I was about to say long, long butts on one hand and intense soapboxes on the other. That's yeah. us. If That's we, what we got. If we hit your bullseye or didn't, here's what we'd love to see you do. We have a uh, Patreon feed for patrons only where we dump special episodes on movies that you don't get to hear on this regular feed. We have special types of episodes where we maybe play games or have different discussions. We have special websites uh, or special website pages more accurately, uh, that are only for our patrons and all of that excellent content is available to you for the low, low price of $3 per month Three. for the rest of your life eternally. That's all you have to shout do. out, shout out my mom. Who's one of our most recent patrons giving back, <laughs> dude, took giving her back after enough. all Jeez. she's given me already. <laughs> she's giving more. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Well, all she what does, we, all she does, is discipline you and stay home. So I guess it's, that's we've it. discovered yeah, yeah. that Mars, Mars, perhaps doesn't need moms, but our Patreon <laughs> does need moms. Our 100%. Patreon dads and everyone else. Our Patreon big time needs moms and and everyone as well. So yeah, go ahead and check that out. <laughs> what if I told you there was a sound you could wear? What would you say? Oh my gosh, it I doesn't say, exist. No way. And I'd say you're wrong. It does exist. Just like Mars needs moms. <laughs> and just like our Patreon needs moms and dads and every other kind of human, Chunkies need merch. Mm, that's yep. true. And we're here to answer that request. The sound that you can wear is our podcast brought into the physical realm. We're talking things like t-shirts ooh, and things like a baby yep, yep, onesie, yep. which is a real product uh -huh. that we have in our store. Ah, please get that. Please uh, we're talking, that. We're talking sounds you can drink out of in the form of mugs. <gasps> wow. We're talking Amazing. sounds that you can stick on your laptop or any other flat surface in the form of stickers. Whoa. Can't be real. Can't be real. It is real. And it's live today. Uh, you can check out our social media. You can check out our website, twochunksandahunk.com. Uh, to find all kinds of great links to great sounds that have been made manifest in this plane of existence. Yes. And then have, now in a non-weird way, I'm going to tell you our merch is live and we would love it if you'd buy some. Buy our goodies. Buy them. Uh, is, is it, has it been, okay, have either of y'all really debated whether or not to try hard not to be the first person to buy our own merch? Yes. 
Okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna buy it. like the second that we. Part of me the wants link, to wait. Part it. of me doesn't want to be the first one, but I need that mug. I need the Pod Boys mug. Somebody's got to set the is, trend. The Pod Boys mug is my favorite product. I think one hundred percent agreed. But yeah, I'm I'm super excited for it. Uh, also, something that uh, I'm excited for is my very own announcement. Which uh, we've got, uh, we do have a lot of uh, awesome things going on with Two Chunks. It is a conversation that we end up having almost on the daily of like, wait, is this real? Are these things happening? Uh, Part of that has been the fact that we've been able to be, I mean, I guess it's on the interwebs now. So it's immortalized as our favorite movie characters. Uh, Tyler Ellis, who's a good friend of of mine, uh, is an exceptional artist and was able to go draw us as, I mean, if you want to see uh, yourself as anything, I'm pretty sure Tyler can do it. So I think you should definitely go give him a follow. Um, It's Tyler Grayson Ellis on Instagram. So give him a follow, or you can just check out on ours because for several days we've been posting uh, what he's done for us and uh, tagging him there. So please go check that out. Uh, and give him a follow and give him some of your money too. be, be our patron first. And then if there's enough money left after you've used your $3, then you can give whatever <laughs> left to Tyler. We, we, we totally are, are cool with that. Yeah. I, I feel comfortable with that. I think. Well, look, we have something special planned for our next series. We looked at ourselves and we asked, what are the two things that the world is lacking most right now? And ultimately we decided those two things are love and tiaras. (laughs) And the only way that we could think to bring those two things together is with a return of summer of love. And so we are honored to announce a special two-week Summer of Love series. That's right. It's Summer of Love 3, A Royal Romance. And we are going to dive deep into what makes a royal romance so special. Is it a crown? Maybe. Is it royalty? You betcha. Is it romance? I'd say so. And the first movie that we're going to dive in deep to really discover what all this love is about, next week, you can tune in for our episode covering The Princess Diaries. Wait, I thought it was Gladiator. The uh, Royal Romance, Roman, the Roman Empire, the King of the Romance, yeah. the Roman Emperor. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> common common no, mistake. Common mistake. Yeah. I can see where you're getting that, especially are we because- gonna talk, Are we not going to talk about all the roads the Romance built? <laughs> like I thought this was going to be Gladiator and then like Passion of the Christ or something. Movies <laughs> featuring the Roman Empire. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what, a, what a great series. Hey- Easter idea. (laughs) Our Easter series, the Roman empire. Uh, It's not that, uh, you know, my favorite thing is always how clear, concise, and non-confusing we are with every announcement that we make, you know, really just right to the point, straight at the heart of the thing. Uh, Princess diaries, check it out next week. We'll be talking about it. It's good stuff. Maybe we haven't recorded it yet. That's true. It could be terrible. Actually. Could be a real stinker. (laughs) Knock on wood. And, uh, now I think to head back to the show, if we could just take that awesome Josh Turner impression and just uh, reverse it like we're trying to find out uh, what is said when you play it backwards, I think that would be just right. We can we can drop that in right uh, here. And we're back. Look, I feel <laughs> confident. We we had ourselves a little a little boot in a little rally. Uh, 
behind the scenes. And I think we're coming back really ready to be super positive about this movie. And I'm going to kick off this positive sort of love fest that we're going to have for Mars Needs Moms. And I'm going to do that with my super pump. Uh, Y'all ready? Yeah. My super pump for this movie is that sometimes the colors were pretty to look at. Yep. That's the only positive thing I have to say about Mars Needs Moms. When I mean, I think they were the art. So I would even on the walls. It was pretty to look at. Yeah, that was cool. The tagging there. Um, It made no sense. It was it was irrelevant and dumb, but it was pretty. (laughs) I think at certain moments, if you took away people or like (laughs) beings, yeah, there was some impressive parts to it. Like I I think environment. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the the environment did pretty well. Uh, Yeah, so they had that that going for them at least. The, uh, you know, it, it, with the tagging, I really thought that they were setting up like creativity is the key or like joy is the key or something like that. I thought that the tagging was going to go somewhere. The tagging went nowhere. The tagging meant nothing. Yeah. There, there is, there is no sort of thematic integrity to anything that happens in this movie. Things just happen to happen. Nobody's trying to say anything other than something very reductive. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I get that. I get that. Kai so was for watching, not being a bummer in this half of the episode, I guess. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I get that Kai was watching seventies television with flowers everywhere. That never mattered either. It never mattered that she, and also I don't know. It's just like, I don't find that she particularly uh, talked like she was watching seventies television. It was just sort she of just like said a couple of, of things. Yeah. It, yeah. It was, it was wonky, right? I mean, it was wonky. I think that's it, fair. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Now, Doge, I'd love for you to super pump. Okay. Well, speaking of artwork that they make, the one thing that actually worked for me um, was toward the end of the movie. It's one of the final shots. And no, it was not when credits rolled, even though I was happy the movie was over. Um, It was the shot of the baby Martians holding the panorama of the Martian landscape in front of the rover. Yeah. That's a funny gag. And I think the movie should, that should have been the first shot of the movie. This rover on the Martian surface. And then we, we do an orbit around the rover. We like see from the rover's POV and we see an endless Martian horizon. And then we orbit around and we see that it's actually just a poster being carried by Martians and they're just moving to stay in front of the rover's camera. (laughs) That's really funny. I think that's actually a really cute and funny gag to open this movie. Uh, It was just at the wrong spot, but I liked it. So that's my super pump. Was yeah. it the baby's idea? Is that why they didn't do it until the babies were born? I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Kai painted it. And also, so when 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 Milo trips over it and is like, who would leave that there? Was that supposed to be like a commentary on how we waste money by leaving stuff on Mars? Like, I don't understand what that was. Was it just a throwaway yeah, joke? Know. Like, was it just, it was just a throwaway joke of like, oh, we know who would leave that there. It's NASA because it completed its mission and you, there's no way to get it back to Earth. Yeah, I guess maybe. I don't know. It's just a, it's know. such a non-joke. Yeah, absolutely. I super, moms. I super dump uh, Gribble. The okay. character, um, he scared me at times and seemed yeah. really creepy because yeah. he really, really wanted to like go ahead and make sure this little boy's mom died so that he could be friends with this little boy forever. <laughs> um it was just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think. <sighs> Do you 
Do you think I don't they even tried think it, to get Jack Black first? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> like it felt like it needed to be somebody like that. But they got the guy from yeah. Balls of Fury. Like, yeah. Yeah, it it just didn't it didn't work for me, and they did put so much energy into wanting to make him something, uh, and I just don't think he was, and so that just had an effect on me that was all negative. It seemed. What was what? How did he eat? What did he eat? I had that thought too. I don't know what he ate. Probably male Martians. <laughs> just like. <laughs> That's why he's trying to make sure Wingnut survives. He's got to fatten Wingnut up for the harvest. Oh my yeah. gosh. Well, and not to be not to be uh mean, but he clearly had enough to eat, right? My my boy wasn't hurting for calories. <laughs> I mean, uh, neither am I. So I hear it, but I mean, um did you guys notice that his robot friend I don't know what the robot's name was. I don't remember. Um, but the robot made the same sounds as BB-8. Yes. But there were really so many similarities. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was this, it was a lot. And I, it would not surprise me if I learned that Disney kept those wave files in a vault somewhere and pulled them back out for The Force Awakens because they were like, well, nobody saw Mars Needs Mom, so we could just make BB-8 have some of these sounds. So then were they, like, was Disney lying about Bill Hader and uh, ben, ben Schwartz doing all the sounds for BB-8? I don't think they did the sounds for BB-8. I think... I think what happened was probably Disney said, here are 10 sounds. We want BB-8 to say, why I yada? <laughs> so what sound should we play for that? And Bill Hader and Ben Schwartz were like, number seven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, okay. I think what I'd like to do is spend a little time looking at Mars Needs Moms through the lens of a child. Can we do that? Can we try and put our, ourselves in? So with Pixar, you don't have to do this. With Pixar, you do not have to revert back to your childhood to properly enjoy the movie because it's quality. With Mars Needs Moms, yes. I think we need to try and put ourselves in the mind. Let's be nine. Let's be nine like Milo. Let's watch Mars Needs Moms in our heads right now. Okay, I just finished it. I still don't think I liked it. As a kid, I recognize how pandering this is. And I'm I'm like it feels like a I don't know, like it feels like a just a moralism that would be like, oh, that's stupid. I don't care about this. It yeah. it, it seems like the kind of movie that I would have watched, enjoyed, rented at Blockbuster for the second time, and never thought about again. Yeah. I mean, I think as a kid, so if I'm a kid, you say, Am I nine years old, Jordan? Yeah. Yeah. Let's be nine like Milo. I have seen so many better right. movies. <laughs> yeah, I've seen absolutely. so much Pixar already. I've seen. I mean, Milo even has an Incredibles poster in his room. Yeah, right. If you want to talk yeah. about an animated movie that's about family, like that, I think the Incredibles does a way better job by the same parent company. Yeah, exactly. To be clear, this was this was not actively produced by Disney. This was distributed by Disney in much the same way that Pixar films were distributed by Disney until okay. Disney acquired the company. Gotcha. This was the last, uh, this was image movers digital. And this is the last film they ever did. <laughs> Why? I don't know. It's great. Everybody's been clamoring for a Mars needs moms too. <laughs> Mars needs moms too. the reckoning, but it's like T O O Mars needs moms too. Yeah. That could work. As well. Also. Also. Also, Mars needs moms. It's just every planet. Venus needs... It. There's a movie called Uranus Needs Moms. 
gosh. Which, as we established in our intro, could be anywhere. Anywhere. On the body, it could be the whole body. Well, the butt and the anus are two different things. I don't think we need to get into that too much. So this is I, an explicit episode. <laughs> we can't I liked. It. Maybe we need a mom to come in and discipline us and tell us to stop talking about gross things. I actually thought Honestly. some of the Martian armor for like the Martian stormtroopers was kind of cool looking. Um, do you, are you guys familiar with the game Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic? I am. Their armor looks like HK-47 to me. Okay, I don't know that one specifically. HK-47 is the uh, is a droid? The protocol droid. Yeah, he's a droid. Interesting. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it, it wasn't particularly original. I just thought it, it looked fine. Both of I, you listening who got that reference, I don't know who you are, but that was specifically for you. My co-hosts do not care about Knights of the Old Republic in the way that I do. That is factual. <laughs> uh, uh, I, so it seems like they probably did some of the... Th- this was a 3D movie, so it was meant to be... Uh, I knew it. I literally knew it. I didn't look it up, 3D. but it's so obvious. <laughs> Yeah, so some of so, I mean some of those parts seemed like hey that would have been I mean that feels like that would have been kind of cool and made me have the gut feelings. Um, I don't care for 3D. I haven't. I, I haven't. only liked it for Avatar. Same, and they were the first ones to do it really well. Yep, and the last. But yeah, I guess I, I guess agree. that still makes this movie bad. That's yeah, what I get for trying. <laughs> let's no, yeah, I like that. Let's find more things that make the movie bad, but let's present it as though it's interesting. Um, yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't know. Let me think. Let me think. Uh, the garbage shoot joke from Star Wars that got thrown in about four separate times. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I like the way that they did it too much. Yeah. Same. <laughs> yeah. I think that was really great. How they did it too much. I like the way that Milo got fully dressed to get out of bed and walk to his mom's room. Thank you. Who puts put on their shoes, shoes on when they, they leave their bed? shoes to walk into his mom's room. Maybe their floor is super gross because mom spends all her time making eat broccoli and not vacuuming. Dude, you want to talk about living creatures that freaked me out in this movie? That cat was a monster. Yes. Yep. I hated that speaking cat. As, speaking as a, a cat expert, newly certified. Yeah. Should you feed a cat broccoli? I don't think so. I'm not going to do it, but I don't think you should. Yeah. Like the stereotype, right, is giving the dog the food you don't want. I bet that was in the script and they were just like, y'all, we can't do a dog. There's no way. We don't know how to do a dog. Can we do a cat maybe? <laughs> what if we did a cat? I didn't feel like doing a cat. The cat's name is Cujo. Did you catch that? Yeah, that's pretty because funny. Because this, this kid likes scary movies, I guess. Which never really matters, by the way. Well, no, because when he sees the Martians, which clearly look nothing like rotting humans, he goes, zombies? <laughs> <laughs> so I get it mattered a little also bit. Also the fact it, that he is, he is supposedly hiding. Like, how do they not notice he's the only one that's not the same size as everyone else that exists there? Right. That's what you're talking about. Hey, like when he's hiding, why, why didn't they just, let's just add this to the list of baffling decisions in making this movie. Why was it zombies? Why wasn't he obsessed with like close encounters of the third kind and alien and stuff? And then he could be like, invasion of the body snatchers, like like, any of that stuff. Why Why was he not obsessed with the movie? Mars needs women, which this, the title is a play on that movie. Yeah. I, I guess I just feel like it would have made more sense if it was like, 
I love all these Martian movies and it. That has enabled me to approach this with, you know, obviously it wouldn't actually help them in any way, but the, the humor that they could have drawn from, Oh, I've seen this movie. I know what this is going to be. Like, I know how this is going to work. Um, right. Why wasn't this kid wizard of Oz where he was watching, watching a Martian movie, watching like invasion of the body snatchers or Mars needs women or even, and his mom told him to go to bed and he didn't want to go to bed. And he said, mom, my life would be better if you weren't here. He snuck down and tried to finish the movie, fell asleep watching it, dreamed his mom was abducted by Martians. They killed her before he could apologize. He wakes up and goes, oh, Auntie Am, and apologizes to his mom and loves her forever. I think it's less offensive. I agree. Yeah. Well, especially because then you can argue that everything that happened is through the lens of a nine-year-old. It's a nine-year-old's perception of what a mom is, which is necessarily going to be informed by what his own mom is. And we don't have to, we offer a descriptive picture of moms rather than a prescriptive picture of moms. Yeah. No, I I think, I think that is a much better movie. And I, and I think it, I mean, it feels like veggie tales or something at that point. Like it's so clearly a moralism that it's hard to engage with. Yeah, but it's a kids movie, right? Like, yeah, this is a kids movie that fails well, at being a kids movie. So at least it would have succeeded that quote there. That I, there's that quote that I always bring up when we talk about kids <laughs> movies, though, from C.S. Lewis that says a children's story that can only be enjoyed by children is not a good children's story in the slightest. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think that's a sliding scale, right? Like there's plenty of kids stuff that kids can and should like that. I don't want to choose to spend my time watching, but I can understand why they like it. And I think that it's, works. If it's so good and constructive. Yeah. Right. Like I'm not going to sit down and watch Paw Patrol, but I don't, I don't believe that Paw Patrol would be actively harming a child right. who's watching it's it. Not you know? a, it's not a waste of time, Paw Patrol, <laughs> but yeah. this I would say is distinctly a waste of time. This is somebody's kid's favorite movie. That's what I keep thinking about. Like, like I'm, my parents are lucky that mine was Lion King as a kid that I watched over and over and over and over and over and over. Dude, but this I, is some right. kid's favorite movie that they watched over and over and over and over again because they're four. I bet it didn't is the thing. You don't think there's a four-year-old who loves this movie? I don't know. I really don't. Like, I don't see it being like a preschool or elementary age child. Like, it's got to be an older toddler that this is their movie. And every day they're like, can we watch Mars Needs Moms? Yeah, I could see them liking. There's got to like, be somebody. There's got to be somebody. Yeah, that that's fair. I usually don't have a hard time imagining like even stuff I can't stand being somebody's favorite thing. This is just when there's so many other versions of this that are better out there. It's just hard for me to imagine even a kid being like more of that, please. Because I don't, I don't think it's a particularly interesting movie for a child to follow either. Yeah, probably not. Did y'all see that Robert Zemeckis produced this? Yes. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you even have the composer that did How to Train Your Dragon, like that whole series. And this score was great. Yeah. There's there's a lot of good players here. Um, we just don't, we don't have a good end product. I don't remember any of the music. It was actually really good. I think I was, <laughs> I thought it was good. And that's why, that that's why I looked it up because I thought it was good. I was like, okay, I dig. Yeah. But maybe we're, maybe we're cursed with the knowledge of what, children's movies can be. Um, n- now, don't get me wrong. They were already around in 2011, like good children's movies. But, I mean, Monsters, Inc. had already been out. Yeah. Right. But maybe maybe we're just so... No, I, I don't even want to give it that excuse because I was going to say maybe we're so spoiled by Pixar and How to Train Your Dragon and even things like Shrek that are so good and fun for everybody to watch 
that we can't appreciate something like this, but that's an excuse that it doesn't deserve because this movie had the benefit of knowing that Shrek and Pixar and these things exist out there. Well, I don't know. That's so hard because like I was even thinking about this last night. Uh, Jess and I are, by the time this episode comes out, we will have finished Breaking Bad. Last night we watched Ozymandias, which is the highest rated episode of television of all time. And it's my favorite hour of TV that's ever existed. Yeah, And I was just thinking like, I watched that live and for a couple of years, TV was ruined for me because I was like, it's not Ozymandias. Like I can't sit down and watch like Law and Order or NCIS because I'm like, oh, this isn't a good crime show because I've watched a good crime show recently. Right. But does that mean then that those things should not exist because they're not as good as the best version of it? You know? Yeah. I don't know. That's That seems to be an interesting and similar question that we're asking about Mars Needs Moms. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. And, and it's hard, right? Because I, so like for me, so I agree with you and I, I have no interest in really ever watching an episode of Criminal Minds or NCIS or Law and Order SVU, like any of those things, because they pale in comparison to things that I have seen that do that so much better. But, yeah. but does that mean that somebody... But I think I would never argue that those shouldn't exist because right. those are for somebody. And I know people that those are their favorite shows and more power to them. Right. So what is it about Mars Needs Moms that for me crosses that threshold of this should not exist and this shouldn't be somebody's favorite? So I would say that NCIS, criminal, like those things, they're, they are, for, for Jordan, in my opinion, they are subpar compared to other things I've seen, but they're harmless, Right. Yeah, maybe that's it. They're not they're not hurting anybody by being watched. They're not ingraining any as far as I know, any problematic uh mindsets into their audiences. And I think it, there is something to me that feels a little dangerous about a kids movie for kids that are impressionable whose central defining message is mommy's discipline and stay home. That's a mom. And if, if your mom works and doesn't want to hug you all the time, that's a bad mom. Yeah. Or, or if your dad is the one that stays home, like your family's weird. I don't know. I just, it feels, it yeah. feels bad. It feels, it feels bad. It feels bad. I think it is bad. I agree. Yeah. I think ultimately, yeah. I mean, I guess our ratings will be our ultimate opinion of this, but um, I, I, is it, is it weird that I can't get over the year it was made? 2011 feels way too recent for this. Doesn't story. that feel yeah, crazy? It really right? does. Yeah. And again, I like the last thing I want anyone to think is that if I was like, if this was only made in the 60s, right? I would have liked it more. It's like, no, no, no. no. I'm not ever going to like the story that this is trying to tell and the roots of this story. Right. But the that right. it is making us even more angry. Here is why we're spending 55 of our 62 minutes on just sounding like <laughs> a Fox news radio show. Like we, uh, it's, <laughs> it's just, I'm upset. What I'd love to do is rate this movie. Can we do that? I don't sure. think anybody's waiting with bated breath to see if we're going to buy this poster, but yeah, let's go ahead. We're going to bring in the scientific cinema scale. It's our in-house product designed to perfectly rate movies. And it is as and follows. Listen. We're not going to tell you if we had to zap a mom into dust to make this scale. But we did. But we're not going to tell you we didn't have to do that. We did have to do that. The best we thing we can ever say about a movie is own it, don't lend it, buy, buy that, that poster. poster. The next best thing is buy it, followed by rent it. After that is stream it. And then forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God, God has forsaken us. us.
I'll go first. Okay. Truly and thoroughly, irrevocably and completely have I been forsaken. <laughs> no movie that I have ever watched has made me angrier than this movie. Hmm. I was offended on behalf of people that belong to a group of which I am not part of. And this is, I think, the worst movie I have ever seen. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, I'll go next. Um, the 21st century hath forsaken us. <laughs> this is a movie made in 2011, but it it existed in a bygone era on accident. It's got all those those old timey 1811 sensibilities. Yeah, it, it's just it's just bad. It's just bad. I think I got forsooked. I think yeah, I got forsooked too. And I think um, I think the saddest part is in looking at reviews. Uh, whether that be through the pl- platform of IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes, whether it's critics or users, there just weren't enough people talking about the same reasons we were offended. And then that made me even more offended. Did y'all catch any of that? I was trying to yeah. find someone yeah. to egregiously agree. Uh, and that that wasn't the case as much as I wanted it to. And so that made me even more sad that this movie was the way that it was. And so it is a God has forsaken us uh, in that sense. I don't usually do this. In fact, I never have. But if you're listening to this and you saw this movie and you liked it and we're like way off base, please let us know. Please reach out to us and explain why you liked this movie because this one more than any other that I can think of that we've reviewed, I have a hard time believing anyone liked. Yeah. So if you like this, please let us know. And, and, and we want, we want, to know that would be a judgment-free opinion. If you actually liked this movie, Absolutely. we would love Absolutely. to know why. Listen, I we are we are on a podcast where one third of us absolutely love the Phantom Menace, and I'm fine. That's I, true. Here, I got to state my opinion on air for sixty minutes. Uh, and apparently, I, I'm I wrong about, about Pride and Prejudice. So, and I'm right about everything we've talked about. So we've yeah. all got our cross to bear. We've all know? got our cross to bear. So didn't you yes, like Tokyo we do Drift? Realize, no, I did not like Tokyo Drift. No. He didn't forsake it though. Maybe that's what it was. That was a fun one. That was lighthearted. To end today's, well, before we end today's episode, I want to make sure that we remind you that next week we will be starting Summer of Love 3, A Royal Romance, a two-week yes. series beginning with The Princess Diaries. So it's finally our time, all of us Anne Hathaway fans. I love her, and I'm very excited. <laughs> is this our first this. Anne Hathaway movie? I believe it, it is. is. I believe it is, which is a shame. I bet we see her again. We'll see her again this it year. Is our, it is our second. I mean, we definitely will see her again this year. It is our second. More than once, I think. Eric Von Detten yep. uh, movie, if you count him as Sid in Toy Story. Uh, he will oh, be making what? an appearance That's in so uh, interesting. The Princess Diaries. And Very uh, interesting. You, if I you ever get are, my dream series of Disney Channel original movies, uh, then we'll be watching him as Brink. You are maybe Eric Von Detten's biggest fan. I do have that tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. But You're a real debt head, dude. I'm a real debt head. To end today's episode... <laughs> That made me uh, too happy. Why, <laughs> I saw like something creative and funny for the first time in an hour and it blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe everyone should watch Mars Needs Moms before they listen to any episode of our podcast so that we just shine brighter. That bar is so low after you've watched this movie. That's funny. 
Um, to end today's episode, I'd like for us each to say our name and to come up with a new movie about a planet with alliteration and a brief summary of the story. Oh my gosh. For two chunks in a hunk, I'm Jordan Wonders, and my movie is <clears throat> Jupiter Needs Janitors, and it's just a real big mess up there. I mean, we're talking lunch trays, we're talking nana peels, we're talking crumpled papers, we're talking some vomit occasionally, because you know how kids overheat in school sometimes because they get too excited about recess. <laughs> so uh, in this one, Jupiter just really needs to get cleaned right up, and it needs janitors so bad. I'm Doge. And coming this, well, I guess whenever we can go to the movies again. So who knows when that is? <laughs> uh, Venus needs velociraptors. Yep. Uh, Ooh, they sure the do. Venetian ecosystem <laughs> is all sorts of out of whack. There are tons of prehistoric prey animals running amok. They keep eating the Venetian gardener's vegetables. And we need something to get the local population of prey creatures <laughs> under control. Luckily for. Us watching this movie, it takes place several billion years ago, and they can abduct some velociraptors to get their pest control problem controlled. <laughs> Nine out of ten stars. Nine out of ten. Uh, mine's going to go uh, a really, really different route. So get excited. Who are you? Who are you? Uh, I'm, Car I'm Carter. Okay. Oh, okay. So I guess I now I can, I'm Carter. Yes. Uh, and mine's going to go a completely different route. Mine's called Nick Needs Nap. Uh, we actually have a triple alliteration there. And really what it's more about is uh, it's kind of following, it's a strange, it's one of those like fictional biopics about Nicolas Cage and the decisions that he makes. And ultimately someone comes along to decide he needs sleep therapy. And so it's really him going through that entire process. It's called Nick Needs Nap. And so we're kind of getting to see him. What does this create? It's a new Nick. Uh, and it's going to be just right before his role in Tiger King. Uh, to be like, what what influence will this have on perhaps an Oscar Oscar buzzworthy kind of uh, movie? Yeah, and that movie would take place on Earth, so planet that works out. Yeah, on the Earth planet. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> I guess y'all didn't get how this was supposed to go. Baby, you're a song that makes me want to listen to podcasts and creeps. <laughs> no. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.